The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Weiser and I'm joined by Jerry Karaya and... Um, we're just about there. If you're listening on Saturday, uh, welcome to Red October, I believe, right, Jerry? That's right. Um, so let's let's go through some of the updates this week. It's been kind of a crazy week, starting with Russia. Um, four more regions of eastern Ukraine have been annexed by Russia. Meanwhile, Ukraine seeks admission to NATO. Nord Stream two. This was an interesting story throughout the week because. The question is, in my mind, how can it be anything but sabotage? Although I suppose there's a side of the story that Russia may have created their own false flag, um, destroyed their own money that was flowing through the pipes um, for some reason or other, though they could just turn it off. Or maybe it was some faction of the West. Um, I did hear that there was some sort of Western-funded military exercises that took place with Ukraine uh, in the North Atlantic about a week or so prior to this happening. There were some other podcasts that were saying that, um, uh, well, nonetheless, that things are going to get dark in mm -hmm. Europe with mm -hmm. what we're seeing. Um, the big one that we'll probably discuss a little bit more in depth, I'm sure you've brought some articles our way, is the UK started buying gilts on Wednesday uh, as we tape the show on Friday. And what are gilts? They are UK government bonds. They are considered the safest because the British government has never defaulted. They are so safe, in fact, Jerry, that um, they are in such high demand that the Bank of England itself wants to own them mm. and buying them themselves. Uh, or are they the buyer of last resort because no one has any money? Mm -hmm. And so they have started what we are going to call the first of the pivots. Yeah. Right. Um, next, uh, bond vigilantes are also reporting that the UK pension funds are on a selling spree because of collateral calls. Um, oh, getting hmm. back to UK never defaulting, it's very difficult for a country to default when they have a printing press. <laughs> um, Alan Greenspan said, we can always pay back our debts. We just can't guarantee the purchasing power of the dollar when we do. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, Truth. this is definitely the first case of the pivots um, being reported by a global central bank. And beware, the pivots are contagious. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that a little later. UK lowered their taxes, but didn't cut spending. Goodness. So it's genius. So if you're if you're just printing money, if, if you're going to lower the taxes, but still create deficit that someone has to pay for, you're still, you're not lowering inflation at all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Janet Yellen, what do you think? Is she going to take a bow after the midterms? Because that's, those are the rumors. It looks like it. Yeah. Um, I always like in all of these articles, by the way, MSNBC, Yahoo, it's always people close to the matter. Mm -hmm. Now that that's sources say people close to the matter. Anyway, people close to the matter say that it's up in the air whether or not uh, there'll be a shakeup after the midterms. It, you know, it's been adding, such a, adding to a lot of all other existing shakeups. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a, a wild year, and it feels like it's been five years um, for everything that's gone on. And so I do think here we are at the beginning of, of October, and I think it's going to be 
wild. I, yeah. I do think it's going to be a red October. Uh, speaking of things in the red, Nike shocked the market with inventory surges. I mean, really? You don't say. <laughs> Who's People buying? aren't buying running shoes and they're opting for groceries and heating bills instead. Are we really that shocked? Mm-hmm. Um, so there you have it. They're, now, they'll probably lower their orders, which means the factories that make those are going to be producing less. Slowing and, down. And so on and so forth and so on. Um, here's one I, I knew you would like, Jerry. I brought this. NFTs. Have you heard about the NFTs? Non-fungible tokens? Yes. Haven't heard heard of them in a while. There's been a, a collapse uh, in trading uh, by uh, 97% since January. <laughs> you don't say. People want the real thing. It, it confirms my personal thesis in my mind. Which was? That uh, crypto traders were trying to parlay. They're in the digital world. They believe in the digital, you know, future. They're praying at the altar of digital future. And I think that they got caught up. And it, the question becomes, how much are you willing to pay for something that does not exist, really? Mm-hmm. You know, or only exists in a meta world. Speaking of meta, Facebook is down like crazy. And they're looking to to um, shuffle, mm-hmm. shuffle things as well. <laughs> um so there you have it. You could you could own NFTs where trading's down ninety seven um, percent. I saw something where someone bought something for in the six hundred thousand dollar range. Obviously, crypto money because now it's worth ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Now that's something I wouldn't really want to own. Speaking of down, gold's only down a mere one point two percent in Canadian dollars since January. Now it is down nine percent in in U.S. dollars since January, and I believe that that sort of paints the charts because now we we were higher than that earlier this week or a bit last week i think we hit 12 12 and a half percent um we've already gained back uh three percent of that so again gold is down 1.2 percent in canadian dollars here here are things that are not doing as well (laughs) uh the dow is down year to date 20 percent s p is down 23.73 the nasdaq is down 31.27 and the tsx is down 12.46. 12.46. So uh, look, I, the TSX is, is I'll, give, I'll give it credit. It's doing better than silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now. Um, although looking at the charts in, in gold over the past few weeks, we've also noticed some divergences with the silver market. Silver is showing some impressive relative strength. The smart money, the commercial traders on the cop positions are increasing their long positions as silver prices uh, hit a good support level to start the month. Uh, however, s- since then, the silver market has actually managed to rally as high as 1980, even as stocks, bonds, and pretty much all commodities have drifted lower. And uh, we're seeing this relative strength in silver versus gold. Uh, we had a dip in gold prices under 1700 However, the silver diverged positively this month during trading. It's holding up, especially wealth during the past week. Silver's recent outperformance is good news. For precious metals holders especially silver buyers and silver bulls because in bear markets silver tends to amplify gold's declines on the downside but the fact that the silver market is isn't confirming gold's latest breakdown suggests that the underlying bullishness for silver is here um, if the silver prices can continue to rally and break above that 20 dollars level decisively gold prices should follow silver's path higher and it looks as though because the major headwind for precious metals is the U.S. dollar, thanks to a lot of 
hawkishness from the Fed, but we're seeing that slowly crack. If you see the hot air hawkishness, a lot of hot air, a lot of hawkishness from the, the this. Now it's the world's enemy. If you look at these headlines, Jeremy, uh, the market instability replaces inflation as the market risk raising chances of a Fed pivot, according to Market Watch, which is the, uh, operated by the Dow Jones. And there's another headline: the Powell backlash is growing. Jay Powell takes on the world. They want him to pivot as well. So the more you see these ex acceleration of the headlines, you got to watch a dollar. The dollar, the dollar will reverse course if you see that happening. Right, you actually see that happening right now in the dollar index. We're hitting support level at 112. We hit 115 last week, and uh, we'll probably break below 106 pretty soon when he pivots. There was an article out on Zero Hedge this week about, I think it was um, the volatility index or something like that, where the traders are basically pricing in um, the uh, a stop. Right, the what do they the call put. it? The put. Thank you, uh, the Fed put. The Fed put, which is basically they're saying, oh yeah, yeah, we've gone through yeah, sure. this before. Um, uh, Zero credibility. Know, the, the, the Fed will the Fed will back us up again. So they're literally out there, no no water wings, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to just, keep them up. Just flailing. It's just you know they're like, no, we'll be saved, no problem. The Fed will come to save us again. And wow, how, could they be? How how badly could could they be misreading the market that they just assume here we go again? The Fed's going to save them. No, uh, the world's not believing it. We're seeing protests around the world who protest in Europe. Winter's coming. They're not being saved by the central planners. The central bank bankers are are flailing. They're trapped. And the people see this. And as soon as, you know, weather starts to turn, look, average, there's a headline from Bank of America that inflation is driving more Americans to skip bill payments, hydro payments, energy payments. They're missing these payments more than ever before. Well, that and tells you why they're not buying running shoes. <laughs> exactly. The collector is no longer buying the Jordans. But this is all indicative of, you know, distrust and lack of credibility or lost credibility with the central planners. And they, they're literally trapped. And this is the reason why a lot of a lot of um, hedge funds. Look, we had Rebecca Patterson, the chief strategist at the top hedge fund of Bridgewater Associates. She sat down with an interview for an interview last week with the pensions and investments. Speaking of pensions, and brought up stagflation. We're entering into we have entered into a long stagflationary period, and they're buying up more gold than ever in their plans. So. If they're doing it, this is uh, Bridgewater, the largest top hedge fund. Right. They're buying physical. So this is a position that we have to realize that the smart money, the commercials, the top hedge funds are seeking gold because there's a lack of credibility. There's a lack of credi credibility with the U.S. dollar. Um, and look at the pound. We had one of the strongest currencies um, almost hit par this week with the U.S. dollar, and it's just going to get worse. Gold's, gold's up, by the way, in, in British pounds. Let's talk about buying physical, and we'll look at Bridgewater and buying physical. Let's talk about CEOs. How many CEOs have quit in the last year? And um, let's talk a, a little bit about uh, central bank digital currencies. That and much, much more coming up on The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We're going to talk a little bit about storing physical product. Uh, Jerry, in the last segment, you mentioned um, that uh, a large fund is buying physical at this point. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's the Bridgewater Associates, uh, one of the top hedge funds. Now, I always have to wonder a little bit about how quickly a hedge fund can acquire physical gold. And when they say they own physical gold, do they really mean that they own physical gold? I've seen videos of, uh, I saw a video once of Kyle Bass talking about taking delivery of the physical, and he kind of talked about the process, and it made sense. I listened to another podcast recently with uh, a gold enthusiast, Austrian economist, but he was saying, oh, we've gone down to 5% in our portfolio. We'll pick it up again probably in 2023 when the dollar starts to collapse. And I'm thinking, well, how quickly are you acquiring your physical gold? <laughs> because it's not that easy. Physical, every, every, almost every day I get someone calling saying, how's your, how's your inventory? Do you, you guys have stuff? And it's been, it's been strange because as the prices come down, we've continued to just buy every time the prices come down, buy, buy on the U.S. dollar side because we buy it in U.S. And, and then, so we had orders. It was taking six weeks to come in, but we're continually placing orders. So we're just kind of keeping the flow going. Mm -hmm. um, so in my mind, yeah, we, we were okay. And then all of a sudden this past week, um, Paul starts yelling from his office. He's like, can't get 100 ounce RCMs. Yeah. The Silver wholesalers bars. are gone. They're one out ounce, of it. One ounce gold RCM bars. One ounce gold RCM bars. Um, speaking of um, Royal and, and Canadian, did you see that, um, the, uh, that the Brits unveiled a coin with uh, Charles on it? No, I didn't see that. I had a client uh, send it over to me, and he, he noted that, um, that uh, he wasn't wearing a crown. Hmm, interesting. And I thought, oh yeah, I guess in every picture of the queen on our money, she's wearing a crown. But in this case, this one didn't have a crown. <laughs> that was interesting to note. Nonetheless, I wonder how these big funds are actually acquiring the physical so fast, and how are they dealing with the premiums that they can easily just sell it today and, oh yeah, yeah we'll buy it back in six months or mm -hmm. five months or four months. And it's funny, he was saying 2023 in this podcast, and I'm thinking, well, that's only a, a couple months, a few months away. So, you know, it's not that easy. There's a no. premium. You're buying the physical. You're storing the physical. What do you think? Do you, do you think Bridgewater is, is actually buying physical and getting it allocated? Or I do don't you think know. they're buying ETFs and saying, yeah, we own physical because we're big enough. We could take delivery. Yeah, I know. I mentioned physical in the last segment. We don't know if it's actually physical. Uh, but their outlook is very positive. They mentioned their outlook on gold medium to long term is very positive. They've increased their position in precious metals. They cited stagflation is a real risk and people need to take a step back, wake up and look at their portfolios and say, do I have enough in my portfolio that if that scenario of stagflation plays out again, like it did in the seventies and eighties, high inflation, low growth, am I going to be vulnerable? So they're acquiring precious metals. They're expanding their portfolio in precious metals and other investors are doing the same. We're seeing private money getting involved, commercial traders uh, expanding their their acquisition of metals. But we we usually just we talk about, you know, there are so many ways of getting precious metals. There's obviously the best way to do it is physical bullion. 
not so much into the numismatics or collectibles, but the bank may want to sell you a certificate. The bank may want to sell you an ETF. We call those proxies, and those add counterparty risk. You don't want to add counterparty risk with your insurance policy, right, Jeremy? Yeah, um, you know, we only do physical. And what we learned in, in uh, 2020 when COVID hit is when you really want your metal, hmm. that was a panic True. of sorts. Uh, when you really want your metal, will it be provided to you? It's easy to say, oh, yeah, I, 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 can, I can take delivery of product from this fund or, or whatnot. The question is, is can you? Can you do it in a panic? Can you do it where they don't change the prospectus on you? Mm -hmm. I wonder. I know that uh, there was a company at that time that closed its doors, a, a gold fund in Europe, and they said, oh, you can close your account today or we'll close it for you on April 30th. It's up to you. But either way, and in my mind, the interpretation was, oh, I'm looking around me from the microcosm of my desk, and it's like, yeah, people are probably taking delivery, yeah, right? Um, and if they're taking delivery and they don't, they don't have it or they don't want to give it up, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, pledged to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so cheap to buy into those things. But remember, they're investments. There's a piece of paper between you and your physical gold, mm -hmm. and that piece of paper can be amended and they can do all sorts of things like no redemptions, you know, they can do all sorts of things. So when you have when when you're acquiring physical gold, you want to go by the motto if you can't hold it, you don't own it. And that's why with Guildhall, you you're getting physical product fully allocated to your own segregated account, your own sub account at the vault, which means your product is put into its own account at the vault. The serial numbers are listed, you get your inventory report. That is yours. You're not sharing it. It's not commingled. It's not mixed. You're not on a skid with other people in the in the vault. No, it's your product in a bin on a shelf. That's yours. No counterparty risk. No one has a claim on that except you. That's right. And we do echo the sentiments of the Ibbots and Associates who wrote back in 2011. Now, these guys are leaders, foremost leaders in asset allocation models. And they concluded that an allocation to physical precious metals is essential for proper proper diverse uh, proper portfolio diversification, and when we think about diversifying, we want to we want it we have to ensure that as the markets go south, you have a buffer, you have something that will move up in value, and historically that has been shown to be physical precious metals, not a gold stock. Jeremy, there is um, there was a report that was released by uh, Metals Focus out of India. Um, and they talked about premiums rising in India and silver markets. The demand in India is through the roof. So they're trading at a premium for silver. But further, they talked about the rising cost that is hitting gold producer margins. So we're talking about the gold stocks and gold miners. We need them. We need them to produce the gold that we're investing in. But apparently, according to this report, in the second quarter, the global average of the all-in sustaining cost, the AISE, reach an all-time high of $1,289 per ounce. So the cost to keep the mine in business was $1,289. The increases were unprecedented. It was an 18% year-over-year rise. And the reason for this was ongoing inflation. So the inflation is a silent killer that you don't see behind the scenes because you have expenses. You have to pay wages got to pay for the fuel to get into the get into the earth 
And then cranking that mine up is not instantaneous. Equipment breaks and, you know, supply chains, and you're not going to get that piece of equipment for a year. Yeah, exactly. So, be, you know, this is very, very important right now to ensure that if you do diversify into mining shares to understand that this this bottom line may impact them on their reporting. Are they beating the street? Are they meeting expectations? So this is the, a counterparty risk. Yes, it is gold affiliated, but it is not the real thing. Yeah, I think I, I think that even a Bitson and Associates would say, well, you want to you want to have physical in the portfolio. Mining is is not a proxy for the physical, uh, or it is a proxy. You need the physical in it in and of itself first. So uh, I like mining stocks. I, I don't mind yeah. speculating in mining stocks. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that if I had a mining stock portfolio that I'm invested in physical gold. I'm invested in equities that happen to be in the gold market, mm-hmm. um, and that's really how you have to treat it because you, there's no guarantee. And I've seen it in portfolios too. Gold and silver have done very well, and there's certain mining stocks that don't. And then there's some that do amazingly well. So, it, if you're diversifying a portfolio, then it, you know just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. I, I would say I'm not an advisor. We, we're not giving advice here. We're just saying it, that there is a difference between speculating in a mining stock, and by speculating, we're not saying gambling. We're saying you know you've done your homework. You think that they're they've got great management. They're pulling out a lot of product. They're doing it at a great price and you think it's going to be a successful mine that you can capitalize on. That's a different story than owning physical gold where you're hedging against a declining currency and having a negatively correlated asset to a currency. And that's right. what we're seeing. Uh, Japanese yen, gold's up over 12% in, in UK. Gold's flying Same, yeah. right now. It's up uh, 12 or 15% right now, and that's only going to continue. Right. So buy physical. Make sure you have some physical there is tightness in the market that is indicative of the low price we're seeing higher premiums there's strong strong demand so it's not surprising that we're going to start to see more tightness in the market so i think everything that you were talking about jerry i would file under it's better to be a month early than a day late 100 you don't want to try to time the market you should just always have some physical in in your portfolio and if you haven't done that yet Now's the time. And one of the ways you can do that is in a registered account like an RSP or even a TFSA, which is a great way to go. Give us a call. We'll show you how to do that allocated physical product in a registered account. The number 18778SILVER and the website guildhallwealth.com. Now, Jerry, during that, uh, we were talking throughout the week, during that period, that decade period where uh, the Fed was... um, uh, printing money, keeping interest rates super low, everything was going great, and we were telling people, "Listen, they never fixed the issues of 2008." And here you are, these these companies, these zombie companies, are borrowing money at zero, buying back stock, getting massive bonuses, and then, would you be surprised to find out? That since January, this is a post from Yahoo Finance, since January, since June, sorry, post from June 29th, mm-hmm. 2022, so the summertime, yep. that since January, 668 executives left their posts. How about this one? Wow. This one was up in July of 2020. In 2020, 
midway through the year, 1,300 CEOs from massive corporations throughout the world stepped down from their positions from the, from the preceding 12 months. So you're talking about the most CEOs leaving their posts from U.S. companies in the last 20 years. Makes you wonder. Well, hey, if I got my bonus, I know what the books look like. <laughs> I yeah, see what's for, coming. Head for high ground, right? We can't, this, n nothing that we're seeing right now in the economy is coming as a surprise to us. Mm -mm. None of it. So it doesn't surprise me when we find out that all of these CEOs have been quitting after they've been borrowing money at zero, pushing up the price stock, taking their bonuses and getting out of there. I, look, it might not be the only reason. But it is one reason, mm -hmm. and it's a glaring reason at, at that. So just keep that in mind about what that says about the economy going forward and what it says about some of the valuations on these major stocks. Mm -hmm. I know I would want to be out of the way. I think that ultimately this is a turbulent time, that uh, there's, there's not a lot that you can trust. No. And gold brings that at this, type, at this time. So give us a call. The number is one silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver And the website, guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about... Making sure that you're out of harm's way, that you uh, these are turbulent times, that there's not a lot you can you can trust. Gold brings that trust. It helps you sleep at night because it's out of the banking system. It's been money for thousands of years, gold and silver, and it is a store of value. So it it is a a, a tough choice when you're seeing. Well, sorry, it's not that tough a choice when you're seeing what's going on, but it's kind of a hard choice to say. Well. Should I just have 15% in my portfolio or should I just have 25%? I, I imagine you're seeing people put what they would say overweighting their portfolio in precious metals. Absolutely. I'm seeing a lot of clients moving over RSPs, uh, Liras, TFSAs, and they're putting it all in, into gold and silver because the gold, I mean, everything is resetting around gold. The gold is being funneled at, a, at an extreme pace into the east uh, from the west we're seeing that arbitrage effect i did the price in rubles today the gold price uh, the u.s gold price in russia is a lot higher actually than the gold price here in the u.s so you have an opportunity it's an arbitrage effect of funneling as much gold as possible remember the old adage he who has the gold makes the rules and this is what's happening the world is moving into real money and silver will be that diversifier as well you have a precious metal in in silver that is a monetary metal, but you do add in industrial attributes. And as the world is advancing, you want to have that exposure into such a small market. The above ground ounces is compared to gold. is a, There's a lot less, but it's the most remarkable metal in the world, in my opinion. One that has been, you know, the civilizations uh, revolved around silver. We needed silver in almost every civilization. Without it, David Morgan says, you can't have a civilization. Mm -hmm. I agree. Right, look, you can't turn on a light switch without silver. Watch a TV, open your refrigerator, drive a car, talk on a cell phone, or use your computer. None of it. None of it happens without silver. So it's an integral commodity. And yet, at let's say to buy it at $30 an ounce Canadian, mm -hmm. 
what's precious about that? Exactly. It's dirt cheap. Um, as Mike Maloney says, silver is the only morphing metal. It's about to transform from dirt cheap to unaffordium to unobtainium. And this is why people are moving a little bit more aggressively towards silver. We see the silver to gold ratio offering a very attractive price down here for silver with only topside potential. We'll get to the potential and projections a little later on because there's some remarkable uh, projections coming from uh, there is a firm in Wall Street, on Wall Street, called Goring and Rodzenswag. He commented uh, af after the Silver Symposium, there was a conversation between him, him and Jeff Clark. It was a really uh, candid conversation about where they see gold and silver prices going. And it's going through the roof, Jeremy. Well, I'm, look, Exter's Pyramid is going to collapse on itself. Exter's Pyramid is an inverted pyramid. Gold's at the bottom. It's the peak of an inverted pyramid. And above that, you get U.S. cash. Then you move into all the debt instruments. And at the top is some, you know, quadrillion in derivatives. That's a thousand trillion, probably more than that. Yeah. Probably one one point five, one point six quadrillion um, in derivatives. And when you run out of collateral and you start to default on all of that, the value goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. Everything starts caving in on itself, and that's where you find yourself happy you ha had some physical gold in the portfolio. Now, in the meantime, in the meantime, it looks like central banks are making some moves because they know we're in end game territory. And so you got to try to position yourself in the end game. And one of the, the things that have come about over the last year is central bank digital currencies. So I wanted to ask you, play a little devil's advocate here for you on central bank digital currencies. One of the things that Powell was uh, recorded saying in the last few weeks was talking about that it would need to be private, but identity verifiable. Hmm. Uh, obviously that, that sounds like an, kind of an oxymoron, but then when you think about it, how much different is that from, let's say credit cards or cash in the bank? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are, you have to show ID. I mean, in the States, you have to show ID if you're using a credit card. You have to you have to show your identity that this is your credit card, mm -hmm. um, whether or not the transactions are private. What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is it is it that far a stretch, ultimately, from what's already happening? The You look at your statement, you know the credit card companies know exactly what you've bought. There's even apps that tell you what you, what what kind of things you bought over the course of the month, so you can better do your accounting. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it is about control, and they really want to know and get into your books. Not only that, they really want to understand, um, you know, human behavior, and they want to observe. And when I say they, this is this idea of the C CBDC. It's part of the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Agenda, and we just saw in the recent weeks that President uh, Joe Biden handed down the executive order number 14067 um, instructing the Treasury Department to plan for the CB CBDC. Um, and you know, it comes with the following characteristics. It has GPS technology, facial recognition. So firstly, we'll, we'll know where you are. Facial recognition, we know who you are. Instantaneous credits and debits, pay your taxes right now. <laughs> and the social credit merit system, you can't, you can't break the rules here. So these are all, you know, caveats for more control mechanisms. So yeah, the the credit card, we, they did have some control, but this is an all out, um, all out forceful uh, means to control the people. And you know, George Orwell said it best: all tyrannies rule through fraud and fraud and force. But once fraud is exposed, 
They must rely exclusively on force. I thought that was genius, and this is definitely something that is very desperate from the central planners. But will it work? I mean, central banks, this is an idea. This is a theory that is already in public. We're already talking about it. Everyone has heard about central bank digital currencies. But it requires, just like a crypto, it requires adoption. And right now, as I look at it, many of the BRIC nations are not on board. All of the BRIC nations are not on board. They're not adopting, adopting this. They're actually adopting a, a libertarian view of things. They're actually backing their currency with physical resources, hard assets, gold and silver, honoring each other's currencies. Their global trade is moving on. And to me, they can roll out whatever central bank digital currency they would like. To me, it won't work. Yeah, it seems it seems tyrannical in many respects. And the question is, is if you're not going to allow cash in a society, then now that you've herded everybody out of cash and into just the digital currency, then now they don't have I mean, there's always alternatives, there's always an out, but you're really limiting the exit plan once that once that's put into place. So I hope people are wary of it. Um, and one of the ways to protect wealth, of course, is to have the physical asset gold, gold is money. It's not an investment. It's a store of value. And to have gold and physical silver in your portfolio is a way to ensure your wealth and ensure your sovereignty. You know, if you had gold in Venezuela, you probably aren't in Venezuela anymore. You've moved away because you had the asset to get out. So consider having some physical. And remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. Give us a call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. This is The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. You know, Jerry, in, in 2008, we saw a situation where it kind of felt like they threw the baby out with the bathwater. Gold and silver took a dive initially with the stock market. Now, they had a V-shaped recovery, and by 2010, um, midway through 2010, and all the way through spring of 2011, there was a massive run-up in gold and silver. It got, um, it, it got stopped because uh, they started to pull the prices down on the precious metals, but the money printing kept going uh and we we built up we consolidated over several years and it seems like we're at another boiling point however mm -hmm. i'm wondering if the recent pullbacks in gold and silver are similar to the ones we saw in 2008 although not as drastic and what i mean by that is gold and silver are okay gold might not be at the cost of production but it's it's pretty low and silver is pretty close to or not at the cost of production for many miners. Mm -hmm. So I think we're already at the lows and it kind of feels like maybe we're having our 2008 moment now. Would that make sense? Yeah, we're seeing the same type of activity. Look at the, the derivatives in silver to gold, in the silver and gold markets. It's very important to understand that this, this market of precious metals is, 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 is split. We have the paper side, the derivative side, the future side, and then we have the physical side. And there's, there, there's, a, there's a crux happening. There's going to be a cross point happening between the two where it, when the derivatives, now Peter Hambro 
we talked about him months uh, about a month ago he exposed this paper market and how many how much derivatives in the first quarter of this year were created all in all in the hopes of of diluting the the talk about inflation inflation doesn't exist folks so they've created derivatives to 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 sort of keep the gold and silver prices down so in other words paper supply uh, taking place of the physical supply, so you have the synthetic market pushing things down. They say it's like uh, the the tail wagging the dog. Mm -hmm. And the other side of the gold and silver market is the physical market, which is, you know, what we're seeing is is being driven up. The demand from large buyers. We talked about this earlier from the east, and they're accumulating vast quantities of physical gold and silver, leaving the exchanges in the comics. And, and in London, all leaving, exposing these these derivatives. And when deliveries shortfalls, when delivery shortfalls occur, the unallocated, the ETFs, the GLDs, and the, the these accounts are literally swiped up. You take out these physical supplies to meet to meet the de deliveries. Um, and we're seeing the commercials as well going net long for the first time. This is a very similar setup to the final bottom of the precious metal sector in late October of 2008. This is when the physical metals sector turned up on a dime and shot higher while the stock market continued to head into its declines. Now, the declines that we'll see today are going to be exacerbated. It's going to be, uh, uh, I mean, it's already priced in. The recession's yeah, because, priced in. Because every gain, all, most of the gains that were made over the last decade were based on the money being printed and low interest rates. Mm -hmm. And that has to go somewhere now. So that, that icing on the cake and that foam is going to disappear. And where is it going to go to? Well, it never really existed. Yeah. Right? It wasn't solid. It wasn't real productivity. It was fake productivity because they simply printed the money and then pulled that future gains, future productivity into the, into the now. Right. To, to make the money on it. But that's why the, the valuations got so crazy. Mm -hmm, exactly. And we're seeing the same, same type of setup today where, you know, we're seeing a lot of short, the short positionings with the hedge funds are still, are still you know, they're, they're trying to cover as well. But something stopped in 2008. The selling of paper, gold, and silver back then, some trigger event stopped. And they, they had to cover and scramble to start covering. And which which drove the market higher and setting off the bull market in precious metals, whatever that catalyst was, it was connected to what we're seeing today in the credit market and the banking system. Liquidity crisis is happening again, and it will be triggered again. It's a matter of timing. The credit markets are melting down today, as evidenced by the devastation in the various fiat currencies that we're seeing, from the yen to the pound, euro. And we could just review this historical chart on the dollar to see that the dollar so soared like it did in 2008, just before, in the, in the summer of 2008, just before the financial system imploded. So we're seeing the very same setup, the dollar index hitting highs, um, strong dollar. It's going to come crashing down. And when that happens, something's going to break, Jeremy. And that happened this week when, in England. That breaking of that central bank in England happened. Uh, we were talking about something's going to break. It could be a stock market crash, uh, you know, money printing to pay higher interest on the debt or some black swan event. But the consensus is within three months, the pivot will happen. And when that central bank failure shows, the U.S. dollar starts to back off and the gold and silver prices are going to take off, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, again, the, the Bank of England got the pivots. 
and uh, it's contagious. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, who else is going to catch the pivots next? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And we saw that with the, with the volatility index, they've already, put in, they've already priced in the Fed put. So they don't even believe that the Fed's going to get through this nope. cycle. I don't know if they'll lower rates, but they may, they're certainly pause, and then at some point, you know, they'll, they'll go back on it. So look, at the end of the day, um, there are some similarities. Things don't, uh, things don't completely mimic, but they do rhyme, right? And we're seeing the echoes of 2008. And remember, nothing got, nothing got fixed in 2008. Everyone was bailed out and still got their golden parachutes, and they just kept on going. But now we have to feel the pain of it. Mm-hmm. We're, now we're not only feeling the pain of what didn't get fixed in 2008, but we're feeling the pain of everything that the Federal Reserve did for the last decade by keeping interest rates too low, even though they could have raised them, and printing all that money that had to go somewhere. So unfortunately, we're feeling the pain of it. And what we're trying to do is get away from, you know, protect ourselves from it and insulate ourselves from it. And it's definitely uncertain times. And in uncertain times, you need some sort of certainty. And gold has been that certainty for thousands of years. It is real money. It's a store of value. And at Guildhall, we help people to own real things, real money, physical gold, physical silver. You can call us direct. You can go to our e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com and pick up a tube of maples. Uh, we still have some tubes of maples, um, you know, mm. physical bars of gold. Um, if you don't, if you know, you can always call us direct and find out what we have in order. But again, I think the supplies are going to get tighter as we move along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be kind of a you know a hit or miss whether or not you can get your product going forward. Perhaps we'll see how things play out. Hopefully, we can get some product in and people can still protect themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's the idea. Protect yourself. Buy physical. Make sure it's allocated if you're storing it. Make sure you have the ability to go and personally audit or that you have the ability to take delivery or that you're getting your inventory report. All of these things. This is what we'll show you how to do at Guildhall. You can buy it direct. You can uh, store it in one of our vaults or you can even put it in an RSP or TFSA. We want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, It's uh, so great to talk with everyone throughout the week. And uh, we really are truly blessed to have the clients that we do. So we want to thank all our listeners, all our clients. Always great to speak with you. Jerry, great to speak with you. And uh, we look forward to, to speaking with you all next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.